Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the AEW Dynamite preview. We are the Dadly Boys of What Culture. I'm Adam Wilborn, joined by Michael Hanfler and Michael Sidgwick, here to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube, uh. where we do daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AW Dynamite, but also AW Collision, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0, oh. pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a mega quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to look ahead to Dynamite tonight and a stacked show, Sidge. Honestly, right, as much as I'm in... Enjoying the prospect of the card and the matches and the drama. According to WrestleTix, at time of recording, the, uh, what's the name of the building, Wilborn? Uh, the Footprint Center in Phoenix, Arizona, a.k.a., as we've suggested on a, a live stream, the Foot Fetish Center <laughs> okay. in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> okay, or the Footprint. <laughs> I believe the last count was just, just numbers away from 5,000. Yeah. So what was it? You've got it in front of you. Uh, WrestleTix tweeted in the early hours of this morning, they've sold, uh, distributed 4,732 tickets for a potential 5,285-seater yeah. arena. With a strong, well, capacity. Mm. Yes. As opposed to seating. They'll sell every available ticket. I think so. Yeah. Like, um, I think the walk-up will be quite strong, even if it isn't. I'm looking at that map, I'm looking at the tickets sold, and I'm thinking, well, that's what a dynamite should look like. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying we're getting these big sweeping panoramic shots of the back rows being filled, but it should look decidedly less bleak than it has in recent weeks. Even, albeit with some good, in the case of Collision, some excellent shows, it's still lacking that. This is a major arena competition. Wrestling is big time in AEW. I have not had that feeling. Um, it sort of caps my investment somewhat, mm. but I'm honestly just as excited about seeing some brightly lit, happy faces and a lot of them. Um, it's going to look like dynamite and it's going to probably feel like dynamite. And looking at that card, it should have the form of a classic dynamite. Um, one thing I will say is that we've been here before. AEW's almost got that weird curse about it. I'm not superstitious. Well, I am, but I don't believe in curses with wrestling. But there's been several times when they've just done this inexplicable card, 
and whether it was following a great one or whatever, these weird humdrum cards just get these weirdly great ratings. Mm. Like, no offense to John Moxley versus Evil Uno, which I thought was an <laughs> over-delivery of a main event as much as people took the piss out of it beforehand. That, like, drew over a million. Mm. And there's been examples sprinkled throughout AEW's history of, like, a looking card doing a great number. Yeah. And there have also been examples of an absolutely unbelievable-looking card where something has gone wrong. Like, I remember, remember watching Blood and Guts? And I was like, oh, by the way, you're going to get this dream match that is sort of tinged with this different feeling of symbolic of being back, yeah. the first Blood and Guts. And then Kenny Omega cut a promo in front of the cage with the belt. And I was like, these are... These are not suitable for work images. Tingles thinking about that. Yeah. Like, yeah. What a time. What a time. And then they announced next week's show. And I'm thinking, oh my God. Mm. Like, this is this is the power. I'm feeling it. And it was like Cassidy versus Pac, Miro versus Darby. I can't remember everything on that car, but I just remember you tweeted one of your look. Look at this episodic TV yeah, free yeah. program Those were gimmick. weekly. Those felt yeah. like at that point, yeah. And... Uh, the Pack and Cassidy thing just went completely awry through an injury. I think there's one even late 2022. It was the bubbly bath. The bubbly bath. Which put everybody in a bad mood. And then there was another card that looked loaded. Um, and that was when the Hamman Page injury in the first mock singles match happened. Yes. So there's previous where these just don't go completely right when the idea is it's meant to be a statement show. So my cynical ass... It's half worried, but I guess that's a level of investment. <laughs> I think I've got the card here. Uh, I, ne- I never remember with the dates whether I've got this the right way or the wrong way around. It's either... It'll be May. Yeah, I was going to say, it's either the 12th of May or the 5th of December. No, it was but it's May. May. Um, it was, <laughs> yeah, TNT title. Miro wins the title from, from Darby Allen. Um, a, uh, oh, women's singles match that went under two minutes. Uh, Thunder Rosa defeated, defeated Jasmine Allure. Um, Pack versus Cassidy, uh, world title eliminator, double KO, um, tag titles on the line. Was this the last chance for SCU one? Because it's Bucks versus SCU. Yeah. yeah. So that was the well, great match, yeah. <laughs> unbelievable match. It got nearly eight, basically eight out of ten. Here Get on. to the back. Somebody's being interrupted. <laughs> and it was uh, John Moxley defending the IWGP US Heavyweight title against Eugene Nagata. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, I can't, I can't remember that being on the same show as all no. that. But then he had, then he had Bubbly Path and the yeah. injury and I. Um, my head doesn't. And work. like Dublin Open is on the horizon. The <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back, the whole deal. So, well, uh, an awkward, an awkward Cody promo that people again. I still didn't understand Cody's promo. What was the point? Was it the solve races yeah, a promo? That would have been the one at. Um, Expensive a go-go, wasn't it? Because he'd turned heel by then with the factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Cody's going to heat the match up. That didn't really... And then he killed his finish. <laughs> the babe. Anyway, good dynamite in store. <laughs> good dynamite in store. It's, yeah, on AW today. So, I haven't watched this week's Collision yet, but there's been a trend in, like, our discussions and the conversation I'm seeing online, curated timeline, notwithstanding. Online, online, online. Online. That, um, like, Collision sort of... Restoring the interest of the, well, not, I don't, wrestling hipsters isn't fair. AW is big. North American wrestling hipsters. Collision yes. has been that show of the last, all of 2024, let's say, I don't know. Meanwhile, Dynamite. Pretty much. Yeah, like, meanwhile, Dynamite, maybe not so much, 
But based on this crowd, based on that little like ripple of excitement that you get around most Wednesdays is doing the same. Um, there wasn't anywhere near the grief thrown at Tony Khan for yet another huge announcement. The rankings, as we talked about at length when they came back, were never about shoot, you've won this, you go into number two. Shoot, you. Great when you can, but it's about a, it was a philosophical argument about why they need to come back and about forcing people back into boxes a little bit and restrictions being good mm. and all that sort of thing. Already it feels like, whilst Dynamite isn't getting that kind like of... a to-do list almost. Yeah, like Dynamite isn't getting that claim that Collision is, but enough of what's happening is affording AEW that um, patience again. Mm. And I don't think last year, like I think, I don't think AEW's criticisms last year were overstated, not one bit. But I don't think, I think the big difference between 2023 and some issues that I felt like I could see in 2022 was that, uh, 2022 was you, very uneven. You could see the wheels coming off a little bit, like punk or not, you could see the wheels coming off a little bit. And these things, as we've always talked about, it takes a long time to get the wheels back on. Yes. And it takes a long time for them to fall off. Years sometimes. I think what happened in 2023, the difference in the conversation about AEW was that people no longer had the patience. Mm. Like 2022 was filled with, yeah, but look what happened before. So there's every chance they're going to make it right. And then they weren't making it mm. right. By 2023, another week of stuff that MJF did that people didn't like, or another week of the outcasts, like storyline, not going anywhere, or other examples. Yeah. It just had people saying, I've lost faith. Like it, it, it's simply not coming back. Like, it, the power's never coming back. Tony Khan is finished. AEW, as the best version of itself, is never coming back. Restoring that was probably more important than anything else because AEW was going to get paid. AEW was going to exist. Like, mm -hmm. it's not... It's going to... Dynamite's going to outlast Nitro, and that's something we could have called from January 2020. Like, it's going to be fine. But the biggest thing to get back was people's faith that it that it even can be fine. And that's what I'm seeing with Dynamite. Collision is just getting the praise. Dynamite is getting the belief. And I think one like this going well, to Sidge's point about like, ah, sometimes you could really do with it going well. One like this tonight will only reinforce that. People are in good spirits about the AW product. It absolutely doesn't hurt that WWE have had... Tentative, every, I would say. Yeah, tentative. WWE have had every single headline this year for better and then for every kind of worse. Yes. Creative worse, real life worse, 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 worse. And we're obviously within, we're in the eye of a couple of storms at once. There is a lot to be said for flying under the radar, making a good wrestling show in the period of transition that AEW is in. Like, Tony Khan's tweets just don't make the conversation right now, and he would be wise to keep it that way. Because regardless of Rossi Agawa or anything else that may be suddenly in his... Sphere of vision as a wrestling promoter, just just book the wrestling show. Just quietly book the wrestling show and let all the bombast for better and worse with WWE happen over there. And like the it'll probably lead to a like a great twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five being where the business shifts again. Yeah. We talked a lot about it last week, so I'm gonna start with the well, in the words of Tony Schiavone, gigantic, but in the words of AW, big announcement <laughs> from Tony Khan. Um, has your opinion changed since we last spoke about it in terms of what you think is going to go down tonight? It's one of the three, isn't it? Money, Okada, Osprey. Um, I think this could be a twofer in like the sort of Tony Khan tradition. Sorry, that was a lot of words beginning with T, and <laughs> alliteration is the work of, uh, well, the rest. <laughs> I think he should make a big announcement and say someone big is coming 
after a teaser for Mercedes money and say, and it's not the person you might have just thought it was or something like that. I still think there's a, a great argument in support of the idea of spacing these debuts out. Mm-hmm. Like, I really do. Um, but still, like, maybe now is the time to get a bit desperate. I don't know. And just basically say, you're getting all of it. You're getting all of it. Come to buy tickets for the rest of the shows that we are going to book. Almost like rather than the big pop for the surprise, it's like chill out, now invest. Like relax about the, if it's not going to happen, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pay us. Because I've long been of the opinion, especially with that women's division, it's slowly building. And again, that trust, it's sort of a microcosm of AEW at large, this women's division of, I still can't let myself go and think really good things are going to happen here um, because I've been burned too many times. Um, but like really putting that first dance level marketing campaign behind money, like a, a bit tell don't show, but you just build a star. Mm. Like that's one of the few times I've always said Tony Khan's a much better booker than promoter. Um, it's one of the few times he just got it. He just really, really got it away from the first year with all that incredible rhetoric mm. of I know you're going to get the most artistic, fast paced, years long. Violent stories ever in AEW. And yeah. I'm like, right. He <laughs> um, hasn't really mastered it since. Um, but I would do that with money and I would keep that separate to whatever the big announcement is with the idea of being, it's AEW, we're bringing it back, et cetera, et cetera. And we're going to double your fun. And I think that's the way it's going to go, actually. Yeah, in terms of like uh, big arrivals. Outside of Revolution, this feels like one of the few where you know there's going to be a big crowd. Like we've been saying in the past few weeks, it's not going to be money this week. It's got 2,000 people or whatever. That influences decision-making. Where is it? Uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. It should be pointed out that it um, hasn't gone unnoticed that they haven't really announced which places they're going to do Dynamite and Collision other than the Canadian tour. Mm-hmm. There's like a bit of a gap in terms of where it's going to run. And so maybe Boston. I was going to say, he announced, if you remember when he didn't announce Punk, he did, I'm going to announce that Collision is debuting and it's going to emanate from Chicago's United Center. And everybody was like, yes, yeah. so that's what that means. If he says, like, I've got a lot of exciting news, uh, Will Ospreay is going to wrestle at Revolution and he's going to take on and he just gives you this inverted commas dream match. It's a cool match. And then he says... Might be a dream match. You don't even know yet. Uh, Osprey or Carter. And they're going to do it under AEW banner at Revolution. No, that's not happening. Yeah, Os- whatever. And uh, Osprey versus somebody. with five stars. Kelsa Prees. Uh, and, then like, <laughs> and then he says, and another announcement, exciting news for all you AEW fans uh, in, the, in the mass area. Uh, Dynamite is coming to Boston. And as the CEO of AEW, I'm proud to announce the tickets go on sale today or whatever. Yeah. And then that's the yeah. that's the tell. There was a report, was there not, that she's filmed some stuff? She's in. Yes, yes. She's, she's filmed in. some bits of them. So like yes. and like if you remember the New Japan stuff and we love the theme still, but that was like rooted in the big vignette she did. What, what theme was that? Uh, I believe. I don't know what the theme was. I can't remember the tune. Money. Money. Funny, there's a bit of law with Mercedes Manet and music because me and Sidge, one of the first things we shared as fans was uh, you know when you've kind of like fallen head over heels for a wrestler, when no matter what age you are, you can't get the theme out of the head for weeks and weeks on end. And we shared, before we knew each other, we shared that we both had that about Sasha Banks. And it's like, uh, 
which theme would you rather Mikey Ruckus rip off more? The NXT Sasha Banks one or Mercedes Manet? Nah, 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 nah. NXT every day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it was, which, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so I like something like that hitting over the tickets available in Boston. Like, I know what Do they draw on the Snoop Dogg connection because he's not a cheap bastard and have a Snoop Dogg song licensed or something? Possibly. Or an original yeah. recording. He's proper forbidden door, isn't he? Because he did the Snoop Dogg splash in AEW. And then he uh, beat The Miz at WrestleMania. Yes, he so he's, like, <laughs> he's one of the few people that kind of straddles the line. I possibly, like, th- they might as well. It'd be huge. I want, I just, I'm big. I want Imagine that. Big. What about if they said that, like, tickets are going on sale for Dynamite in Boston with a special guest, Snoop Dogg. That's first yeah, answer worthy, yeah. isn't it? Everybody knows what you're buying. I just think for. it should be enormous, this. Yeah. She is a needle mover yeah. in an industry where there aren't many. Either the WWE brand needle mover, Roman Cody needle movers, AEW precious few needle movers. Not many people are calling themselves a demi demo god a- anymore. She's a needle mover. This could mm-hmm. be big, and I think it should be um, built as such. Osprey in a match at Revolution is the big announcement. But I do on Wissage, there's Mercedes teases. Yeah. Like like big, obvious tells. Not even teases, tells. I like the idea of a two-foot where he, like you say, blatantly, obviously lays out Monet's coming to, say, Boston, for example. And then, but then beforehand, he's like, are you excited for the announcement? Everyone goes, yeah. And he goes, calm down, bruv. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> calm down, bruv. <laughs> At least if he did that, he'd be responding to a noise. Nobody got angry yet. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm down, bruv. We're fine. <laughs> yeah, he's a weird guy. More. Weird guy. Um, on Osprey, people said Moxley could be the guy to do it. That's, that is good. That's good. He's apparently, according to Observer Radio last week, his back was really messed up in the match against Jeff Hardy. Mm. So, uh, either he does it one more time and I then goes away. I understand. I was punching him in his front. That was the fake. Uh, well, the big thing for tonight as well, of course, is the tag titles being on the line. Uh, current champs Ricky Starks and Big Bill uh, defending against Sting and Darby Allen. Can they become tag champs? Can they take the tag titles into revolution and Sting's farewell? You know, I'm still plagued by the... Uh, Dr. Fed, you might be able to help me with this. Yes, surgery is open. But then again... Maybe it falls, it doesn't really fall under your area of expertise. Big area. Because what's ironic, Dr. Fed, is that I have an affliction called WWE brain. Mm-hmm. I've tried to shake it off. Yeah. Okay. It's more of a psychological state than anything. Yes. I mean. But I still, through years and years of enduring WWE, against my better judgment, mm-hmm. I still think, all right, what if AEW does this thing? That makes no sense, but might happen in WWE. Hmm. Mm. So they, the Young Bucks, that is, said last week on Dynamite of uh, when they interacted with Darby Allen backstage and said, you've been ducking us, you've been ducking us. And Darby's like, well, you know, I have to go and prepare for whatever. Um, and the Young Bucks then said, well, maybe we'll have to, you know, force the issue or something mm-hmm. or go a different route. They aren't possibly going to prevent them from winning the tag titles when they themselves could win the tag titles. Mm. That's a w- Dr. Fed, what do I do well, with this WWE all, brain? That's, that sounds like a case of paranoia to me, but what would you... I'm only you know, under the learning tree of Dr. Fed. First of all, we're going to paranoia, it's the use of... Oh, okay, thanks. 
But I would subscribe you, Sitch. Subscribe you? I would, I'm not a doctor. I would prescribe you uh, the, uh, the network. WWE Network. The Network tab labeled 2015 NXT to watch some very simplistic booking play out that might seem fed-brained, but is still, in fact, hugely entertaining. Because I think I would quite like the Young Bucks to Seth Rollins this a little bit and get his title buried. Enter the match. <laughs> not that one. Enter the match late, hit Darby Allen with a double super kick and win the belts tonight, and then subvert the rankings. I wish you could see Sidge's face. Because they're doing the CEO gimmick, and they said Derby, like they basically promised that they're going to get Derby, right? And they're also bending, if not breaking, the rules of all of this because they're the bosses. So the match is playing out, and they don't deserve this title shot that will warrant it. And they said, but Derby, we told you we were going to do this. You should have been looking out for us. You obviously haven't shown Matthew and Nicholas enough respect. And they win the tag belts tonight to set up the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks win the tag titles. Correct. And they set up uh, Darby and Sting versus Young Bucks at Revolution. I shouldn't have asked Dr. Fed. He's, he's a total quack. <laughs> I gave you something from my research during my PhD. But, uh, <laughs> no. But no, I, they could crash the celebrations immediately. Yes. And yeah. then super kick them after winning the belts. And that could be your overrun. Yeah. Overrun, yeah. It's. Uh, I don't know, like, Sting and Derby defending the belts, is that better than them trying to win them at Revolution? Yeah, is give it? Sting one more. Like, st- imagine Sting, pre-match, all the garb, and you know, the thing about Sting is he's got Rez and Mateus out the ass. Him with a belt yeah, just looks so tits. Yeah. Ah, you're right, yeah. And Ricky Starks and Big Bill realistically haven't been... You're not going to remember it as an all-time great reign, are we? No. Um, there's been a few multi-man matches in there. I don't that, that, the, the Battle of the Belton was fun, but obviously completely tinged with that awful feeling surrounding Chris Jericho right now. I know my pitch is a little bit fed-brained. A little that, bit. Is that not the book? Take the piss. They don't even have a briefcase. Is that not the book's gimmick at the moment? It's a bit fat. Like pulling, Colin, pulling strings. This the Matthew Nicholas that, yeah. is an old weird Vincism. Heels have long names, pal. Steve Austin, oh, Stephen like, Richards. It's all. It's a like, deep sort of. Yeah, they're doing that like pull. And, then, and, that, and before common sense prevailed, after the fact, they did have the mustaches. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's that's a little bit what they're leaning on. But the thing it's, is, not quite as Jericho sports entertainmenty, but like it would only work for me. And even then, I'm not sure how much it would. If you take the time to establish the rankings, create a sort of sanctity around them to make it then feel like a transgression yeah, to break them. You I can't do these things speed immediately. Run this, isn't it? Yeah. Right. So I don't know. The match itself, like an, a, another Meltzer update is that Sting's apparently hurting and I didn't really need the update. Oh. Like you can see, like even if you go back, they've been rolling the dice a bit, haven't they? Yeah, even, so, if, yeah even if you go back and watch 2021 Sting, he looks like he's the, the the prevailing take, and it was really spot on. Was he's never going to be WCW Sting, but how the hell does he still look like TNA Sting? Yeah. Just about. Yeah, he doesn't look like that no more. Um, he can't get the vertical leap, even on the like, even when he's not bumping per se. He still he doesn't have the spring. I mean, the guy's what sixty five years mm-hmm. old or whatever. So this is a Texas tornado <laughs> match. The friggin' rock. Oh god, I know. <laughs> this is apparently this is a Texas tornado match. Yes, which is. The the hoying like shortcut synonyms at it, like Texas Tornado or False Count Any- Anywhere or whatever the one mm. against Hobbs and Takeshita was. Basically it's uh they 
giving themselves scope to do a lot of shortcuts. It's going to be a walk and brawl while Darby creates the movement and the big moments and Sting will do something at the end. Like, it's getting to a point now where it's... The great thing about Sting, and it's probably the best thing Tony Khan's ever done purely from a booking perspective, of he's inherited that Paul Heyman throne of accentuating the positives and hiding the negatives with this incredible layout in this like this way in which Sting has been presented. Like, it used to be, my God, they've made me feel the magic I literally felt as a child where I suffer the best possible version of head loss because I'm losing my mind at what Sting can do, even though it was all very carefully arranged so that Sting could still do it. Um, I never really felt that scared for Sting in 2021 or in 2022. But basically, he peaked at Forbidden Door 2022 Virtually every match after the fact, I felt scared at least once. Mm. And the more you feel scared, the more something bad feels inevitable. So he's getting out at the right time. But basically, the magic of that sting run, where he's doing balcony dives, and still not well, it's not it's ill advised, probably. Yeah. But I always had the magic. I never had the anxiety. Now I've got deep rooted anxiety watching Sting. And I'm not a safety police guy at all. But my God, they have been tempting fate for a long time. Mm. He's not looked like Sting for a long time. I've got no doubt whatsoever that this will be really cleverly planned, that they'll do things that look more dangerous than they are. And Darby and uh, Ricky Starks have got unbelievable chemistry. We've seen that a few times in AEW. Um, Darby against anyone bigger than him is incredible. A, everyone is bigger than him. B, his opponent, or one of them, is called Big Bill. So that's going to be absolutely the tits. Big Billy bounced off of. Oh, no, was it? Oh, it was Satnam. Satnam. I've got yeah. an anxiety spot for you, but around that, by the way. He dives onto Big Bill with the Satnam sing bounce off. And because Big Bill's patter, he does the sting chest pumping no cell. He goes, ah! And then out of shot, Sting flies off the top rope and floors him with a dive. That. Oh, like, God. So, like, Darby couldn't get him, but I did, you know. I, I'm just a come, big... come to your dad, sonner. The magic has, for me anyway, quite literally gone because I can no longer watch Sting and think, he's just like he was back in the day, which is impossible. Mm. This unbelievable smoke and mirrors parlor trick. I just don't feel that way about Sting anymore. I just feel a bit more scared. Now, try not to be safety police, but come on. The guys... You uh, also don't want him to get injured. You don't yeah. want him to get injured. Revolution is too much riding on it, you know? There was a scary moment in the Daily's Place match where the referees looked concerned for his safety and he was talking to Derby... Um, there was the moment it, I can't remember which match it was, but Guevara just did a diving headbutt when he met, was meant to do a cutter. Mm. And there's there's a scary spot in every Sting match now, and it's the magic's gone. I just hope he can make it through, which I guess is a level of drama. And they'll create this, they'll craft this very carefully. Like Darby's got evident chemistry with everyone; these two in particular. Um, I just am a bit scared, and that's not what you want to feel during this magical sting run. But I think they'll win the belts, and then the Bucks will super kick them in spoiler celebrations afterwards, and then there'll be this big, you cannot spoil the celebrations, but they will. And then the Young Bucks defeat Private Party with the one win. So, well, have you uh, checked the rankings? And they've just clearly hijacked them to <laughs> off one win over Private Party. And a nice callback to Private Party stopped us winning the tag belts all the way back in yeah. 2019. Now, by, by beating them, surely we get our shot, right? And, like, that's got to come into it because they're nowhere near a title shot, are they? The Young Bucks. Yeah. If they're no and Darby win, they're nowhere near the belts. Just beat Private Party and then tell the referee to restart the match, pin him again. <laughs> <laughs> so get back up, super kick, pin him again. Just in terms of WWE brain stuff, like you say there, 
I like the idea of Tony Khan doing his big announcement and implying uh, I took for, like you say, a, a, an Okada and an Osprey or a Osprey and Mercedes or whoever. And then someone coming out, probably Brandon Cutler in this, saying, Tony, Tony, shut up, shut up, shut up. They're here. They're here. Here they are. And then the young books come out. Hey, guys. <laughs> what the bloody hell are you? We're doing commentary. They do commentary for Sting, Derby, uh, Starks, and Big Beal. And then afterwards, they go, well, we've got to do our sort of Dana White role as uh, EVP, so we better put the belts around the new champion's waist. And that's how you get them in the ring with them to, like you say, super kick their heads off after yeah. they won the titles. So there'll be no cash in. No. Um, I don't think, Dr. Fed. Keep fingers crossed. <laughs> Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. I should say we'll circle back for a game later on with the Young Bucks in a bit. Oh, but before that, game. who will face Samoa Joe at uh, Revolution? Hangman Page versus Swerve Strickland tonight with it all on the line. I'm going to stick to my guns on this. Swerve, I think. Uh, I've seen loads of really sensible booking about a draw, a three-way, and I've never really liked any of it. I think the three-way would be better on the night, but Swerve wins. Because Page is awesome. Yeah. Swerve wins. Joe could do that 2015 Lesnar role. But that it's nice at this moment in time to remember that match yeah. fondly. Yeah. But it's, it was a good device. But I'd, I'd like Swerve. I, like, I, this is good booking because it's unpredictable, and all the outcomes are interesting. And that's what you want out of your wrestling, ultimately. Hangman Page wins, then, yes, he gets the shot at Joe, maybe even wins the title. But Swerve's argument is, 
I don't even really think you deserved that title shot, and it's still 2-1 to me in the series. I want to beat you for the belt, and that's this like great climax, this legacy feud, and that's what elevates Swerve. Paige has been the guy to elevate Swerve, so that's a nice thing. This feels a bit more route one to me. Swerve beats Hangman again. Swerve beats Joe to win the belt. And wow. Swerve, like, obviously, that, and that's... Joe's reign is preserved as this really nice, faith-restoring, transitional reign. Got it where it needed to be in terms of to Swerve Strickland and Hangman's new sort of seemingly unwinnable war. Something that was so effective against Kenny Omega is the fact that the guy that is the champion is the one guy that he can't get his confidence up against because yeah. it's this man that's just had his number. But every every way this goes, I think, mm. is interesting. They like it's they've done a really good job with this. It's fantastic. Arguably, they've done a better job with Hangman Page than Swerve Strickland because I think Swerve was feeling made from the middle of last year, whereas Hangman's Hangman was like in recovery mode for the longest time and. To have them both at this point, I think, is a real achievement. It's exciting stuff. I can't wait for this. I was into this, but not that bone-deep excitement um, until Collision when Swerve cut this absolutely oh. incredible promo wherein it just felt like Hamman Page didn't even exist because it had to be Swerve. It had to be Swerve. Mm. That promo in which Swerve, to use like you know common wrestling parlance, made himself feel undeniable. He's the guy... That subverted my expectations again because they have pretty much telegraphed the life out of the fact that it's going to be a three-way mm. in a way that's very on the nose. And AEW have got a pretty bad habit of just telling you things that are going to happen before they, in fact, happen. So I was prepared mentally for the three-way to happen. Then Swerve on collision ahead of this match to build it basically made it clear yet again that it should be him and his singles match big breakthrough alone and that promo was so good that i'm thinking well it can't possibly be the three-way because it has to be swerves night and in a very sort of undeniable way it's him it's about him so much so that i was firmly before collision expecting a 20-minute time limit draw um especially now that they during the course of that promo nana was about to get on the mic and swerve just said no interference mm -hmm. and He's a heel, mm. and he's a wrestler. All yeah. wrestlers lie, and I'm sick of them lying, to be perfectly honest, because <laughs> yeah. oh, you shouldn't read uh, what you do in the dirt sheets. All oh, the dirt sheets are saying this, Malachi Black. Oh, I, I don't, oh, Mira, I don't know where the truth lies anymore. <laughs> and I'm sick of all of yous. So Swerve could be lying. Um, which, uh, I, I just don't know how this is going to go, whether there be no interference, and if there's no interference, maybe I'm talking myself around to the idea that, right, there's no interference, and the idea established in the story is that Swerve can only beat Hangman with no interference. But if there's no interference and he draws with Hangman, then you leave that open. Mm. You still cannot beat him yeah. without any interference, or you can't beat him in time. So that's a good way to establish both challenges, which was the one sort of bad point about the three-way, other than the fact that three-ways are compromised and that Swerve had beaten him twice. Question, with regards to that, if it's 20 minutes, right, for one-on-one -on -one matches? Yes. I was going to make this point, but ask the question. I was just going to ask you, would you book it so it just is a draw and they're, they're both there going for their big shots, or would you do it book shot, one, two, time runs out? I would say at a minimum, even if the idea all along was to red herring hangman and just use that final bloody hell 
Swerve's got Hangman Page's number, and Hangman Page can, you know, do his next arc or whatever. Even if the idea all along was it's just going to be Swerve, but it's going 100% all in on him, and he beats Hangman once and for all, no interference to go to Joe. The idea that a lot of people are expecting some shenanigans or a draw, play with that for this drama, this mm. should go. And it's one of the few times I would ever advocate this on a TV show, given how I'm feeling about wrestling matches on television to begin with. This is one of the few times I would not only say it would make sense for it to go long, but actually advocate for it, the amount of drama you could generate in the 18th, 19th minute. Some people think this goes the other way, by the way. Um, I think it's always Dave. He always gives these matches five stars, but regardless. <laughs> so it was Dave who said, and I, I like Dave, but he is quite easy to take the piss out of sometimes. Dave is like, oh, yeah, this is a great classic long match that held the audience's interest over the span of an hour, which is really hard. But the problem is they were working so slowly to begin with that you just knew it was going to go to the time limit draw. I think he said that about Kazuchika Ricarda versus Kenny Omega. Mm which did, in fact, break the scale, unlike the first one, by going six and a quarter. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they did make it kind of obvious by the first 15 minutes that they were going for a draw. Still, it was the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> ever. The only man that can think and feel in equal amounts. Yes. That's Dave Meltzer, yeah. I think that's slightly less of an issue when it's 20 minutes of the time mm, limit yeah. because you don't have to conserve your energy, really. Like, 20 minutes is kind of the norm these days. Um, I would, at the very least, go... If this goes... if they're, I think they're clever enough to make you feel like the finish is coming in the 15-minute mark, and then... Oh, hang on. They're building it and building it and escalating it and escalating it. And then you'll, you'll get lost in those last five minutes. But I think they should really play with the time limit irrespective of the outcome. Who's if uh, People are going to ask who I think. I think the draw is still happening. Who's third in the rankings? I, because I think they're all like divvied up. It might be like Copeland or someone. Is it always Roddy, possibly? Ah, right, yeah, because of other titles. Like uh, third in the oh world no, title that's rankings. That's 2022, for some reason I found. Here's the AW website. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, according to 2022's rankings. Hang on, stay with me. Probably not. Uh, yeah, Adam Copeland. Adam Copeland. Uh, maybe not. Then. Who's fourth? Mox and Roddy. I just, I, I was thinking. Mox and Joe, I would still like to see. That's it. I was thinking if it was Mox, could they have been hiding the actual revolution match and the draw? The draw makes the assumption that they're going to do a three way, but is it in fact like Joe going, neither of you? Yeah. John Moxley wins a match and then overtakes the pair of them and it's like it's Mox versus Joe they should do that at some point they've been hiding the real match yeah. all along and it's a rankings thing it really puts over the importance of the rankings yeah. again and, and Moxley's just been getting on with winning while he used to have been farting around so like the draw we're, we're based on what we what precedent we use in the Kenny Omega Orange Cassidy pack yeah. principle as to that a draw means they both win mm. but you could do something else with a draw yeah. it doesn't guarantee they're both gonna, I see, you know, they've been telling the story that both are going to fight Joe Joe's got the, the heat both of them. Here's a hot take. People like to th listen to us determine what we think the match quality will be like. I think this will be good. <laughs> <laughs> I think this will be very good. But how can they... They've done Texas Death. Mm -hmm. This is, as far as I'm aware, time of recording, four under no stipulation. So, you know, there's never a count out or a disqualification in AEW. But they work the matches more or less like there would be if they took it too far. What's this going to look like? Just I think they're relying on the quote-unquote unpredictable nature mm. of it, which is ironic. Like these, these two are fantastic. It'll I'll be a great match, but it's I just a wrestle dream match with even more heat and stakes. Yeah. I love that. Like even before, 
like the chicanery around the finish for Swerve. That was a really was class, fantastic yeah. match. Uh, like instant chemistry between the two of them off the back of the, like what was, well, there was less story going in the WrestleDream one than the Texas Death as well. So that had the least going for it. And it was still, it was lush. Yeah. Like I, I just, they're two of those wrestlers that I cannot wait to watch them wrestle yeah. again. It's like, I've often like the. Bre- I mean, my piece is not going to be as good as the Texas Death Match. No. It just isn't. It's a different energy, isn't it? Yeah. But I think Wrestle Dream is a high ceiling to aim for. Yeah. They've got like that Brett Austin chemistry, the two of them, where you just can't wait to see them fight yeah. again because watching them interact just it's like what it's like wrestlers born to wrestle each other. Yeah. That's these two. Uh, slightly conflicted about. I'm on page is born to wrestle everyone. <laughs> slightly <laughs> conflicted. He's amazing. Conflicted about uh, the next match we're going to talk about. Kanosuke Takeshita. Yay! Versus Chris Jericho. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kanosuke Takeshita versus Chris Jericho. No! No, no, no! I hate this. Have they framed it as the end? Because last week they were going, oh, the hostilities continue between uh, Chris Jericho and the Don Carlos family. And I'm thinking, why? <laughs> <laughs> why? Oh, God, I hate it so much. Is Jericho going to go over to Keshta and that be the end? Or are they just going to loop around? I will withdraw my support from all elite wrestling if they loop this bollocks, which no one really cares about anymore which is detrimental actively to the career of Kanosuke Takeshita and Hobbs, who was a prospect once upon a time, with the idea being that there's waiting for Kenny Omega to come back. If Kenny Omega can make a full recovery from a very serious diverticulitis mm. issue, even if he wants it, I don't give a f- <laughs> Even if he wants to team with Chris Jericho, who he really respects and maybe even likes, I'm Tony Khan, I'm saying it, it hasn't ever worked. No one's ever been that into the Golden Jets or the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> Kenny Omega, his body has told Kenny Omega and Tony Khan and the wrestling world more than once over the past three years that he hasn't got that much time left. And even between... Remember how he looked at Wrestle Kingdom against Osprey last year? Mm -hmm. He looked so lean. He looked like Omega again. He wasn't as fast, but he's so great. He's so ingenious at what he does that he looked the part and because he just mastered the pace of that match, he felt, even if he didn't quite... Have you ever seen 2016 Omega through 2024 eyes? It's frightening. It's amazing. It's, uh, that, he got me into New Japan. Yeah. Kenny Omega was, like, I, I was it's, like... He was a stop everything and watch wrestler, the way he was being talked about, and then he delivered. The springboards that I used to do to, like, Naito and that 2016-2017 G1 series, it's like, you've just cleared about what looks like 15 yeah. freaking feet. This is 2016 G1. I could not believe it's unbelievable. It. It's, I was, I was it's watching like wrestling in space. Yeah, like when I was watching Kenny Omega in 2016. He looked that his first G one, first try, first try. He looked like that in January 2023 mm-hmm. against Vikingo. He looked like that. He's, he's two matches after that. He looked like 2022, 2023 Omega, where it's like. Uh, 2022, 2020, not 2021, but he basically just, he looked like he wasn't as lean or as sharp or mm. as fast because he could only train himself to get into that condition. I know I'm talking about Jericho Takeshita, but that's Kenny time. Mm-hmm. It's Kenny time. What I'm saying is, even when he can look the part and train with months of preparation to be that Kenny Omega, 
the stark reality is that he can't be that Omega for long um, because even he just didn't look like that three or four months later. He looked a little bit more laboured in his movements. He didn't look as lean. Um, he's still incredible because he's Omega, but what I'm saying is that there isn't much time left for him as a peak performer, even if he can get himself back into that shape. And if they dare, especially with even before the Jericho allegations, just so much more frivolous. Uh, the idea of Omega having a team with Jericho mm. is so much more frivolous than the hurt he may have caused. Yes. It's still just so beneath Omega. I think what should happen here, and this is total naive, pie-in-the-sky thinking, is that Takeshita should go over Jericho, maybe even do interference if they feel a need for Jericho to be protected. Christ, even in my fantasy book, and I'm still too realistic and cynical and <laughs> pessimistic. Takeshita goes over Jericho. The Carlos family win. Because the idea is... God, Two proper singles guys there, and someone who is apparently, I don't necessarily see it, but part of the next great wrestling tag team. They should win against this loser who's lost on pay-per-view all of the time, who looks well past his best. Just win. <laughs> who Callis thought was a loser to kind of kickstart yeah. the story. Yeah. I, I want them to do, I want just, them to sort of... do away with this. Yeah. If, it's, if it's proper, bold new era, feeling is back, we're listening again. Listen to what people are saying. We are bored stiff of Chris Jericho. Just copy, write them off. Copy their own homework and do the Hobbs match, but with Takeshita. Just sort of, that doesn't make sense in the story that they've basically done the mm -hmm. dominant squash right off. And, it, and it's, they've basically highlighted their own flaws because it hasn't elevated Hobbs. So it wasn't, yeah. Hope it wasn't an elevation. It was just a squash match, ultimately. Jericho's here and he's fine and he's carrying on the fight. Uh, do it again. Do it again. Have Takeshita just. Squat, effectively squashing. Given that Will Ospreay idolizes Chris Jericho, and Will Ospreay is probably not coming into AEW as a heel when he's probably likely to work a heel Swerve Strickland at Wembley, and Jericho idolizes Ospreay, and uh, no, no, Ospreay idolizes Chris Jericho, and Chris Jericho knows where the acclaim is, if nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> I could see a Jericho Osprey team going up against the Don Callis family when Osprey says, "Come on, bro, you've done enough, Don. You've done enough, Don. Leave him there." Yeah, Don's like, "What are you showing mercy for?" And then they attack Osprey. Yeah, because this Osprey Callis, I hate it. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't imagine this Osprey Callis thing as a thing in nah. AEW because Osprey's going to be a babyface. He came in and cut what was effectively a babyface promo. He was, he, terribly, but that's Will Osprey for you. Yeah, that was it. Was designed, wasn't it? So I'm coming. He's oh, definitely going to be a babyface in AEW. It yeah. makes no sense. They're going to treat him like a babyface. He's got Wembley on the horizon. He's going to be in the main event. So that bailed, isn't he? And I think, given how strictly episodic AEW is, I think Jericho and Osprey versus Hobbs and Takeshita is probably your match at Revolution. <laughs> Hadn't put those pieces together, but yeah, that's yeah, that sounds. And like it's just come to me now. To I just when we were talking yesterday, and I was earnestly asking the question because wrestling matches just don't stick with me, and I was like, in ring, give me something that was definitely. Oh, better. what a team this is. Guevara, Jericho, and Osprey versus Fletcher, Tikeshter, and Hobbs. And then, like, Jericho gets to win because Osprey has to win in his debut. The family leaves again. Ugh. Yeah, but you can see it. You can visualize it. Yeah, like the Tikeshter derby, is it? That is, I still think it's the AW match of the year. Yes, I it think is. That's the ceiling for North American wrestling at the moment in 2024. And if he doesn't win and win well, mm. It was just another guy that Derby made look great. Yeah. And there's been loads of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, 
you need to watch Collision because there was a really enjoyable match on there with Brian Danielson and Hechicero. Um Tonight, the BCC take on the stars of CMLL. So it's Moxley, Danielson and Claudio versus Mystico, Volador Jr. and Hechicero, whose entrance I know you've, is the only thing you've seen so far, but yeah. you still love it. Um, yeah, where do you see this one going? I think the CMLL guy should win. Yes. Absolutely, 100%. Um, it's weird that it's good that Utah's not in this. Because you'd think, oh, well, there's an obvious pin eater. You've got three guys that AEW likes to protect. Claudio less so, but still. Um, I think the CMLL guy should absolutely win this. The idea being that this... Mox has alluded to the fact that they've came in AEW, so we could go into their backyard. Mm -hmm. BCC and Arena Mexico, I mean, that could be pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. So I think that the only result here, unless you make the CMLL guys, one of whom's already lost. I know there's a Rampage match, but no one cared about that. Mm -hmm. Um, the CMLL guys absolutely have to win. And you can do that political compromise. That's good. Um, and I think the series was not as good as a lot of people thought. But a Carter Danielson, you share a win in the respective turf, and then you shake hands at the end. Thank you for wrestling us. And there's the mutual respect yeah. deal. Do that with the America and the Arena Mexico thing with the CMLL lot. Ultimately, um, you, it's a collaboration of a relationship. Um, you have it cannot be too one sided. You want to get the most out of this possible. This is the one time where fifty fifty bookings like allowed. Of course it is. It's the only way it can possibly proceed. It's the only way you get matches like these in the first place. So CMLL have to win. Um then they could even the odds in an inverse of a card of Danielson. Um I'm really excited about this. Like Hedger was obviously incredible. Um and then he's got more experience with work in Danielson, which there was a few awkward-ish, we all just working out how to wrestle each other at moments, and Danielson Hechicero. Hopefully that's been ironed out. I think Volador Jr. is going to surprise a lot of people. It's weird. He operates best as this awesome baby face in Arena Mexico. Like that match against Rocky Romero last year was special. It was great. So you're not going to get that aspect of him. But my God, he's like, he's so crisp. He's so complete as a pro wrestler. He can do everything. Um, I think he's going to really do some awesome stuff in this match. Valdor Jr. is amazing. John Moxley doesn't get enough credit for his involvement in the Forbidden Door being opened. And I wonder if he takes the pin tonight. As like He took a beat down last week and it, it, you know, it wasn't crickets exactly. And the crowd were quiet anyway. But they weren't, they weren't taking this They don't as, have the cachet that yeah. mid-2010s New Japan has. Yeah, it wasn't CML. like... These as good as it's been, it doesn't have that cultural cachet. These invading forces are beating up our top guy. It didn't really scan like that. Mm. It just scanned like jo John Moxley likes having fights, and he's picked a fight here, and on this night, he's not won the fight. On his night. On his night. He's not won this fight, but he'll be back next week, you know, and he'll win the fight next week, and that's typically what John Moxley does. If he loses here, that sort of puts more impact on the original like, transgression of them hopping the guardrail, and they've hopped the guardrail, and they've come into BCC turf, and they've won. Like and John Moxley getting pinned, I like that point Sidge makes about Ute not being there because it does take away the typical predictability of a BCC multi man. Um, so yeah, like commit to it, and if the uh, like Arena Mexico rematches on or something big down the line is on, there's mm. a bit of a deal. Like this could be awesome. This history match, has you know? told us that Tony Khan always gets the better of these co-promotional deals for AEW. He's forward thinking with his own mm -hmm. company, so the BCC will be fine. John Moxley will be fine. Like, a bit of shock. A bit of shock and all. Moxley getting pinned in it. A match that people remember, but remember as much for Moxley losing. I think would honestly, again, like, I'm thinking not just in terms of, like, how this would go in the night. Like, I, you know, I eagerly aware. I 
100% believe you say John Volador Jr. Echeverria's hands going to go on fire again. I'll I'll absolutely have a look <laughs> at this. But ultimately, I want to think like what should I think about it? Bigger picture and Moxley getting the pin will like that'll sit with me versus what they're going to do in the match. I honestly like I don't really like taking victory laps because there's a lot of bollocks I've probably said earlier in this podcast. Maybe <laughs> you contradict myself. We talk a lot earlier. about wrestling a week. We're going to get plenty wrong. I, know. <laughs> I said when. The f- it was first very, very vaguely hinted at that, oh, you know, Drew McIntyre's going to turn heel. Or even before that arc, that incredible arc, really started to take shape, um, Drew is going to turn heel at some point, purely because he's done as a baby face, and mm-hmm. he lost a clash at the castle. And you can never reheat him like that. He has to turn and then turn again. Blah, blah, blah. So I remember on the previews saying, beat him. Mm. Mm. People can get over Drew. He's a name. It's credible. It means something if you beat Drew. We had like Carrying Cross and the returning Bray Wyatt beating him, didn't we? Yeah. He's a perfect baby face to just put down. Yeah. And then it's like you can beat him and beat him and beat him and beat him and beat him because when he turns heel, he's brand new again. That's how wrestling works. What happened? He kept getting beaten, beaten, beaten. Now he's the most interesting character, not named Cody Rhodes, on that show. Then that's what they should learn and do with Moxley now ahead mm. of a BCC breakup and a program and then a rejuvenation. Because he's not the story once was. This is a guy that a lot of people at this point are like, oh, you should go on holiday, you know? <laughs> yeah. Since full gear 2022. There's a different tone of voice to the Jericho one, but the ult- same ultimate goal is to yeah. just not be there. Yeah. Not be there. Yeah. Like, you can go away. It, like, people will miss you and all the rest of it. And I think Moxie should take the pin here. And I think the BCC should eventually implode. And then he can s- do stories on the back of that. And then maybe he goes away, f- come, like gets his vengeance against the remaining members of the BCC. I don't think we've seen Moxley versus Claudio. And the first Moxley-Danielson match was unbelievable in AEW. So that's a, lots of stuff to wade through there. Um, and then John Moxley can get his wins back eventually and then do something interesting after some time off. So yeah, John Moxley to take the pin. I'd love to see it. I'm just checking uh, here. Just check my notes. Uh, just the one women's match uh, on uh, on Dynamite tonight. There was two on Collision. Collision's bad. Um, do you want to take a wild... One of them was a squash. Yeah, wild stab as to what Red Velvet was doing on, on Collision. I'll give you a clue. She's in a match with Tony Storm tonight in a title eliminator. Was she winning that title? She did, like yeah. She did right. win a brief, uh, br- very brief match. <laughs> oh, bro, it's just like, dude, you get the best barrel... What? <laughs> <laughs> It's time to play the game! Time to play, time to play the game! game. <laughs> 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 did it, Who did uh, Red Velvet beat on Collision? I don't know. Uh, uh, do I know her name? Yeah, you should do. You should do. You'll have seen a wrestle at some point. Can't, well, I was going to kind of be Sky Blue. Um, oh, what was it? Name of the wrestler we saw in Vegas who isn't signed but wrestles quite a bit for them. Oh, it's not Lady Frost. That's who I was thinking of, not Lady Frost. Lady Frost had that match against Mariah May, which was pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, wasn't I was thinking of her because I thought she's in the rotation of yeah. like female jobbers that Tony Khan likes. There's the featured cast. Yeah. Oh, uh, one of the um, Lickass twins. No, but that's on that level of underneath your designated jobber who appear. Regularly, this is semi regular at best, but that the tier below, I'm not gonna get it. Go Bert on, Vixen. Ah, oh, of course, I 
That's a perfect description as well. They just they have they have their level, they have yeah. their role. The glass ceiling is never getting even yeah. cracked, let alone broken, is it? Aye. Heard good things about Deep Aminata though, which I'm not oh, I'm surprised. You should about watch it. You should watch yeah, it. it That's good. the thing I'm most excited. Like to you're you're like me. Uh, great wrestling's great. Uh, more hybrid wrestling. Watching Serena Deep pick at that ankle throughout was just oh my god. The Deep is a different beast as well. She's like, a better Bret Hart spot than Bret Hart, man. The, uh, she's got she's got him in her. That one um, when we were watching clips, I think it was clips of the Mariah May one. I thought, you know what, I'm going to watch the Deep match right now when they were back on the same week. I'd, I've never seen the spot. The bit where. She, uh, her foot gets caught, so she uses her other foot to break the catch up. Yeah, well, that's incredible. Yeah, like nobody, everyone's caught a foot for the last like 30, 40 years, and nobody's thought I got two feet. I'm not, I'm not like <laughs> that one. I'm going to use this. Yeah, you know how virtually everyone, other than Bret Hart, when they do the figure four ring post spot, mm-hmm. you, you worry about the back mm-hmm. of the head. Yes, she just does it draped over the ring steps. Yeah, yeah. it's like that's so that much spot. better. That is so much better. Love that. Um. I the women it's pretty good. So the women's they're getting there. They're proper getting there. It's you need two matches on dynamite, you need representation. Um the timeless main event at some point. Timeless Tony Storm is doing what tonight? She's in action against Red Velvet. Oh sorry, of course, yeah, right. So and Dionna, obviously. The title yeah. eliminator, so there's uh, So they can wrap the old uh, angle into the match and save themselves an awful lot of silly bother with any more women getting mm. featured. Uh I'd bet unless my, I'd bet my house something. Mariah May's working uh, rampage or collision this week. It's I, was, I suppose in their mind, if there's a Mercedes tease, and you put it on just before or just after this, like, oh, our woman's section. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good to get that. See you later, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Tied off. Who do you think wins? <laughs> Let me check my nudes. Uh, Tony Storm's going to win. <laughs> However, I think Red Velvet is more than good enough to yeah. create some drama in that match. I like Red Velvet. I like Red Velvet mm. a lot, and I think she would be featured more. Yeah. Um, I think the match will be good. Yeah. I think this crowd will be up for it as well. They're into Tony Storm. There's 5,000 of them. Mm-hmm. Well, before we move on, before we actually even get to the name of the game, Sige, uh, let's get to the aim of the game. Well, the aim of the game is to identify to the hour, minute, and second the first time you hear the first note of the entrance theme for the first woman to make her entrance for the only women's match on Dynamite. Right? So just underscore, italicize, put in bold how much of an apathetic obligation this is, because it usually falls within the range of one hour, 20 minutes to one hour, 25. And if we can just get it, imagine if we just nail it, it'll really, really just underscore just how predictable and token all of this feels. And you know the sensation, guys. You're watching Dynamite, and you know the sensation. I'll articulate the sensation. <laughs> uh, with a little bit of a, a, a poem, a rhyme. Hmm. <laughs> Sensational Michael Sidgwick is a little bit timeless, Tony Storm, isn't yes. it? <laughs> Just a little, uh, a little hint that is uh, given to you, the viewer, um, through the uh, sexist lens, I would say, of mm-hmm. AEW. Don't worry, guys. When the women come out to play, the main event ain't too far away. And that's the aim of the game that we play every week. And the name of the game, of course, is, uh, well, this is ladies' night, and I'm thinking, I want a night. That's always just bleed guy doing the ladies' night thing. <laughs> Thanks as always to Adam Blair, at Adam Wilton for and Jose Palomares at the Ho 11. We always take care of the um, data for this sort of thing. Uh, currently, Hamlet's got one right this year. I've got one right this year. Sige yet to score, but of course, the 2023 Ladies' Night winner. Premier League. Behind the eight ball. Premier League are harder to retain than it is to win, isn't it? Yeah. That's the thing. Um, so I'll go first. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to do them over again. 
I think they're going to put in the second hour. I think, you know, we've sort of laid out, uh, maybe not directly on the pod, but we've talked about it beforehand, how this show is going to go. I think open with Swerve Hangman yep. to allow for a, a draw being considered. I think probably they do ECC CMLL top of the second hour, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, or at least Moxley walking through the crowd as that ticks over. And so uh, you're putting everything else in. Jericho's not going in the death slot. So, yeah, uh, by process of elimination, I'm going to go one, two, 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 two. How many twos was that? Yeah, yeah, probably enough. One, twenty-two, twenty-two. many, if anything. Hamflat? Mm. I'm going to be... Adam Wilborn at Hamflat. bit of blind, idiotic optimism that Jericho will take the death spot and Takeshi's going to kill him in the death Okay. Spot. And I'm going to hoi this on after... Hangman Swerve, which presents its own problems because the crowd might be a little bit spent. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say in that spot, maybe if there's been a promo and a video package or a vignette or something beforehand, I'll say f- 40 minutes dead. Wow. 40 Big minutes dead. First hour. Big chasm there for you to go for, Sid. What are you settling on? Well, I'm thinking there's a lot of important men's matches here <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of real estate that's going to be occupied by the men. The men will get the opener. Mm-hmm. I'm oh, fairly certain the men will get the main event. I think the men will get the top of the hour as well. And then there's Jericho to contend with, right? It's pretty much been like AW booking problem 2019 to present. Jericho to contend with. I think, <laughs> I think this goes second. Yeah. I think this goes second, and I think it goes zero hours... To be 125 flat. Zero hours. Yeah. 26 minutes. Oh, I like this. Yeah. In seven seconds. It's all going to be given away as well. Don't they normally sort of give it away? You know, they're like, welcome to the show. Here comes you know, Hangman Page or whatever. The little graphics in the corner. If it's not the first or the second one, you're like, cool. Well, yeah. see you about 120 then, ladies. And then they're hiring that match where you're thinking, has this been promoted all week and we just forgot to preview it or did they add it 10 minutes ago? Uh, it's so nondescript, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. I got a spot for you. Go on. Well, it's not really a spot. Uh, you know how they did the Deanna Prazzo segment when they're on the stage and it was like, and last week when they kept cutting back to Tony Storm in black and white. Tony Storm, when she's on offense, all black and white. When her opponent's on offense, all red. Ooh. Yeah, yeah Sitch. You win? Nope. Should we have one more game before we go? Yeah! It's time to play the game! Time to play the game! Ha who are Matthew and Nicholas Jackson going to be arseholes to this week? Now, I know we're saying that they're going to potentially get involved in the main event, but... That's not what the game's about. I have the AW roster page in front of me. Oh, I had an actual top, answer. It was top flight. We well, can give it that as well. Yeah. Top flight two weeks ago. It was just some nameless guy last week. Wasn't like it? a production hand. Yeah. Mm. Um, sorry, who's your actual pick for this week? Other than obviously Sting Darby. So we've had a wrestler. We've had like a uh, planned production guy. Um, it's the, Maybe you've gone to this well once too often, but it always works. Like Tony Schiavone. Oh, Tony yeah, Schiavone is just beloved. He's like the heart and soul of the company. Especially with how Briscoe is putting him over on Collision. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mention Briscoe because I think they might be welcomed with open arms by their heroes. The Hardy Boys. Matt and Jeff Hardy. And then they're going to say something like, oh, we don't really have you on the schedule for this dimension. 
See you Saturday. See you Saturday. And they're baby facing them a bit more ahead of the trios thing with the I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want, it. I don't want anything like it. to shunt them like off to Saturdays. It like a ton of bricks that on the collision review. I was like, Malachi versus Mark Briscoe. Well, that's a singles yeah. match, so uh, yeah. jot that down for one. Mark that ain't happening. Was, Mark Briscoe was picking better friends when he was inviting Jeff Jarrett to his farm and the Hardy Boys. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's not these names, who's it going to be? Uh, do you want to have one one name each? Yeah. yeah. Uh, who'd like to go first? I have the AW roster page open in front of me, and I'm scrolling through it. It says something about the Young Bucks that I'm thinking, don't do uh, pro-evil rules. I don't care that much. <laughs> Maybe that's the barometer. Do I want to do pro-evil rules about this wrestling thing? That means I care about it. So I don't. Yeah. Right. Go. I'm also pretty hungry. So this is it. This is it. Oh, I like that. Stop. Pick a number between. One and five. Four. Pretty Peter Avalon. He's good at yeah, being... Uh, right he's good at that. Remember, I was going to shoot my shot. <laughs> Can I join the inner circle? <laughs> that was really good. Yeah. Shave that moustache. You look ridiculous. Peter. Brilliant. Oh, my God. Fist bump. He's called me Butter Baby on my roll. Uh, Hamlet. Stop. Do you want to do pro rules? Nah, I'm a slim stitch. Uh, Get, getting hungry now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one and five. Two. This... Guy. Matt Hardy. No. Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett. Jarrett. <laughs> That'd be quite amazing. Like, they could do a little generation me call back. They could say, ah, now who's his boss? How's it going, Jeff? All that sort of stuff. They could politic We're him out. We're booking ourselves into big title matches as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, one of them pulls out a guitar. Here we got one of these. Takes his gimmick. How do you do it every time? How do you do it? Uh, Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal haven't fallen out yet. Yeah, it's on the it's, it's on, on the, the it's on, on the cards. Love that, them two against. Yeah, the, <laughs> <laughs> love them two in the Young Bucks. What a party match that would yeah, be! Yeah, be brilliant. Go on, be good for them to get uh, get their numbers up get first. Up the rankings. Ah, yeah, I'll take that. Okay. Uh, let us know your thoughts ahead of AW Dynamite tonight. Unigged at What Culture WWE. Watch they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We'll be back later on today, hopefully with a special guest to review NXT, and we'll be back tomorrow to review Dynamite. But for now, this being the Dynamite preview. My thanks to Hamflet Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.